This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Good for everybody. Um, we're holding here in Parashas Shmois, Be'ez Hashem, on page 290 is where we left off last year. And this, the, the parasha we're talking about is the parasha of the um, Sneh what it's about, and so on. So, the first piece is a piece from Rabbi Bechaya, um explaining about the Mara of the Sneh. So, the question is more, what's, what's the Pasha telling you? What's it all about? Why in a Mara Sneh, and so on. So, he says, There were three things that Moshe saw in this Pasha. The Eish, the Malach Neshchina. So he saw fire, this fire he saw really with his eyes, physical fire, and he thought that it's some sort of fire um, uh, which, like sulfur, which doesn't go out. Let's let's take a look. Maybe it's a different type of wood. Maybe it's a different type of fire. I mean, he wouldn't have gotten closer if he would have thought that it's an Eishmal Malo. After he saw the Eish, he then was able to see a malach and saw a malach. So the mashmos is that he first saw labas eish and then a malach. So it, it first he saw a fire, then he saw Malach, and finally he saw Ashkina. Because this was the beginning of Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah, so he slowly wanted he wanted to get him used to the idea of. Um, you know, of of uh, uh, perceiving ruchnius. He said, "Imagine a person who's living in a in a dark house for a long time. If he if he looks from darkness to incredible brightness very quickly, he's basically going to go blind. He's not going to see well." So what he needs to do is to slowly look at the light. So when a person goes from a pitch dark room into a into a very bright light, he needs to do it slowly. This is true about sunlight. It's true about um, the oir hasechel. That if a person comes from a very gashmistic environment and then he's trying to perceive ruchnius, it's not going to work. 
the things in the world that are sichlius are similar to the things that are teva. He said one can draw these parallels appropriately because that's how it works. Um, there's a there's, the, the physical world is parallel to the physical world, and and the general ideas that are true in one world are true in another world. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Kali Yisrael the Torah, it went step by step. First, they had a little bit of You cannot take a person who's living a life totally devoid of Torah and dump everything on him. There's a process. So we started with Mixus Mitzvahs, then Aseris Adibris, then Tashon Torahs Moyev. So when it comes to nyanim of being masik b'bayin shalom, ashchina and so on, you also need to have it laat laat. And it's a slow progression. It's like the um, light in the morning. Akashpochu does not have the sun come out. Immediately, instantly, um, it's a, it's a slow progression so that a person's eyes adapt to it. And um, the pasuk says, "We shall pursue understanding Kadosh Baruch Hu like the morning, like sun, like the morning." In other words, just like in the morning, the sun goes slowly. It it's something which there's a progression. So too, when a person goes and a person um, and a person uh, understands Akadosh Baruch Hu, a person is making a transition from a very, very um, gashmiistic type of environment to ruchnistic environment, and the person needs to do it slowly. And therefore, he says, some people try to figure out in one shot. We need to know how to pursue this type of knowledge. It's you, pursuing understanding is keshachar. So says very clearly that a person's understanding in a lekus should go step by step um, and, and it should be a progression where it's going from a little bit ruchnis to a lot of ruchnis and so on. That's, that's the point that he makes over here and, and uh, that's the and it's, it's true about all mikzayas. Whenever you when you're talking about something that is qualitatively different, in other words you're not talking about a more complicated sugya, but you're talking about a, about a sugya of a different nature. You're talking about you're talking about um, the things that are not physical. You need to make that transition, or the mind just doesn't doesn't get it. Okay, that was that's how Rabbeinu Bechaya explains the the um, explains this the, the, this uh, Indian over here of, of the uh, snare. Now there's another type. There's another husband that's uh, Teresa Mincha. 
Talmud, also Talmud Rashbam, he says a different Hezbo a little bit. So Tosmich says an incredible um, point over here. But let's talk a little bit about it a minute. Um, we look around and we see a world, a very well-developed world. Now, if we're to ask ourselves which direction is the world going in terms of from being developed uh, to, to disintegrating. And the answer is, um, the direction is always disintegration. It's called entropy, in, in, um, and it means as follows. If a person has a room that is organized, very, very organized, everything is organized, as time goes on, it becomes less and less organized. Um, the, the natural flow of things is from more organized to less organized. To, to change it, you need to do something. Um, when you have um, energy, energy goes in different flows on, from different types of energy. You don't lose energy. But what happens is energy's lowest rank is heat energy, which when it dissipates, has nowhere else to do or become. So, so everything in the world goes... When you have a rock, a rock disintegrates much more quickly than it becomes something. So the question is, and this is a question that science wrestles with, when you're talking about evolution, things go from less organized to more organized. You have, supposedly, atoms and molecules that existed in a mineral state became vegetation, which is a far, far more organized and complex form. And then it went from that and became an animal, which is still more. It, it doesn't make any sense. They, not, that's not the way things flow. Things flow from more organized to less organized. That's the flow. So um, Moshe Rabbeinu looked around the world and he said the world is, is a world of hefzid, disintegration. So why does the world still exist? Why haven't things dried and died out. Everything is doomed to, 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 um, to, to become extinguished, to become disintegrated and crumble. So why does the world still exist? Because the, 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 the snare Barber Age is not only a particular snare, it's the entire world is like that. The entire world exists of um, elements, exists of, of, of beings, whose natural progression is to be consumed or disintegrate, and yet it still exists. Amalai. So, 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 so that's, miyad, it says, nigla love, sorry. HaKadosh Baruch Hu appeared to him. When he looked around and saw him thinking into it, miyad nigla love. Aurich siv Hashem as Moshe Rabbeinu was looking into this and thinking about this, um, the Akash Baruch told him, "Don't get close." 
He said, okay, I guess I now have a stepping stone to understanding something higher. I, I've, I've, I've caught on to the Achilles heel of this world, and now let's see where that takes us to. So Akash told him, um, you need to rid yourself of your physical axioms and way of thinking. The shoe is something which prevents the foot from becoming dirty and does not let the foot feel all the rocks and stones. So too, machshava are physical things. So as long as we're occupied with understanding things from a physical sense, we have an obstruction to understanding Ruchnius. Um, this is markedly different than, let's say, the Rambam in Mornavuchim, where the Rambam understands um, that the Ruchnistika world is in a sense an extension when a person has appropriately powerful rational analytical tools he can move forward to the to, to, to the world beyond um, he said no you cannot uh, put the two together because you can't use physical realities physical you know and and use that as your understanding of things beyond. So this this would be very remarkably different than the Rambam. Rambam Nevuchim is, is is sort of a continuum, and he said, "Well, Yakachbol told him, Adkan, now you need to put on a different pair of 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 tools. You need to to have a different set of tools for it." Al Tikkur Halayim was was figuratively speaking, so to speak. Al Tikkur Halayim was yes. not. Correct, 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 correct. That's 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 what I mean. That's the that's the way in which he's talking to him. The whole thing is figurative. He said the even the snare, not says it was real, or it means the entire world. He realized the entire world is burning and yet it exists. The entire world, the natural flow is a disintegration, and yet the world exists. How's that? So he told him, okay, you've gotten to the edge. Now you have to start thinking in a very different way. so Tazmich also says this point about uh, uh, um, that there was some sort of con- continuity, some sort of um, stepping up dagger to dagger, but he says it Malach Vayera, Malach Hashem Vayikra, Vakim, so Malach Alakim 
and Hashem. Okay. Um, the, the, and the, the, in general, the, the one thing the Rambam does agree with it is that a person cannot use physical imagination to delve into these inyanim because th- those, 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 that's destructive. The person is, is using physical type of, of mitzias for his understanding. So ruchnis, that's not going to work. Okay, that's the Torah Samincha. The uh, Sfarno. So he says the Vayar is different than Vayera because Vayar means he saw. It, it's a din in the person. He was on a high enough diagram to notice his malachim. Vayera means to appear to somebody. Okay, one more piece. The ikram over here. Um, but, but even if the malach is appearing, or a gojbrof is appearing to Avram, Avram is still able to see, you're able to be masigit. Is that correct? Um, but the, the question is, when a person is masig, doesn't mean it's a nevua. It doesn't mean that this is a message from Kaddish Baruch Hu. I am privy to see Ruchnistika world. And the Vua is, is very, very clearly defined halachically. It, 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 it means I can repeat it. Uh, it means I, I, it has to be MS 100%. It's a difference between having an awareness of Ruchnistika world to um, just perceiving something or, or, or seeing something in the Ruchnistika world. Okay. The, 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 now, um, he hid his face. What was that all about? So the Ikram says like this. First, he thought it was a physical apparition of some sort, and he said, let me take a look at it. So he realized that this is not a physical entity, and whatever he's seeing is not the reality of it. So, so when a person uses his physical sense of things and, 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 and tries to somehow apply it, use it in a Ruchnizika world, it's, he's, he's, him, he's hampering the, the, his ability to do it. And, and he said, So, the problem is, we're so used to adopting the physical um, elements as the reality that it's misleading. So, um, it, the, that's, and, and this is really, in a certain sense, let, let's talk a few minutes about this. This is really the reason, the real reason why um, Kabbalah is off limits for people that, 
are not appropriate age, appropriate um, level. It, it, has, it, it, it has nothing to do with, with all sorts of things about, you know, you might run into some Shema Kodesh that'll, that'll destroy you or whatever. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a lot uh, more passionate than that. You, you can only give information when you use words. And words need to refer to things. Now, um, so I'm going to use words. These words have meanings as things, but those things have no shaykhs except conceptually to what I'm trying to describe. So let's take an example, not in this, let's take an example in science. We talk about Einstein's understanding of gravity is where space-time itself um, bends, becomes distorted. Now, space-time is, is, is an idea. It's not a thing. And, and, and it's not, it's not a... a, a, a it, it, so you have all these pictures of a sheet of, a, 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 you know, a bed sheet, and you put a ball in it, and the bed sheet curves and, and takes on the distortion that the item made in it. Same thing over here also. If you use that picture and, and keep picturing that there is thing, there's gas or whatever it is that gets bent, then, then, then it's nonsense. Um, then, then basically it's, it's a fairy tale. No, no such thing. But if you conceptualize it and say, well, it means that somehow any entity in the world affects the world, and then everything, then moving in a certain way is actually the shortest way, or whatever, it, 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 whatever application you might be making to it. But, but, but it, 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 it's, it's very difficult because you start by, with, with a graphic image, to make you understand what you're talking about, and then you're asking the person to forget about the image and to think about the idea behind it. It's very tough. Unless a person really has a, a um, what's the right word, a well-developed conceptual mind, um, he will inevitably keep thinking of it as a thing. Masha'in Kain. So Kabbalah is all dealing with a, um, a, a, a world that is nothing like our world. But if I tell you it's nothing like it, when you have a conversation with a teenager and you ask him about some experience, he says, it's just like something indescribable. You're not much smarter at the end of that, of that conversation. Because if it's so totally, completely indescribable, then I, I, don't, I don't know much more after the conversation than before. So, so if I were to tell you, Akash Brochaz and Hoggis, and I give you no words that I don't know what we're talking about. So I give you words. But those words, I need to strip them of every vestige of physical reality and, and create a sort of conceptual reality. That's, it's, 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 that's why Kabul needs to be kept away from kids, uh, from young people, from kids, from stupid people, from people that are very, don't have a finer sense of things, so on. I've told over many times this story when I was a young boy we lived together with a Chassidish uh, uh, family. I think I even remember the name. And um, 
there was a boy my age, he went to Cheda, he was learning a lot, a lot of things. I was going to school, and I was learning a lot of different types of things. And he comes back once, and he says, you know, he, um, he knows the names of all the Rikiyim. So I was very, very jealous. No way. Yeah, the first one is called Rikiyim, then it's Ma'oyin, then it's this, then it's that, on and on. And, you know, and what's on top of that? And he knew all seven, you know, and I was really, really getting very upset that he knows it. And I asked him, okay, Samari Alec, and what's on top of the Zayin Rikiyim? Kisar Kavit. Yeah, and what's on top of Kisar Kavit? Hashem. And what's on top of Hashem? So this stumped him a little bit, and then he thought, and he said, well, Hashem is an addict where he keeps his Pesach dishes. That's on top of Hashem. And it made a lot of sense, because I knew that there's nothing on top of, of the addict where he keeps Pesach dishes. That's kind of the top, and it's, you know, Hashem Kachbar keeps Pesach, so it made a lot of sense in, in all directions. <laughs> but uh, the point of it was that, that, you know, so, okay, you know, so that's, that's a, a child, but still, if you if you don't have the ability to take that away, to strip away that, and that's what he told him over here. He says that um, the minute he told him that that um, it's it's a noichelake by yes the moishe panov kiyarim mehavenolakim. He he put his hands up his eye. He no longer wanted to see it with those eyes. He felt now I need to understand. It's the idea behind it, rather than any particular, um, you know, than a sight. So at this point, the sight becomes misleading. So we have very interesting progression. We need to start with a physical image or graphic description or word, something, to give you the idea um, of what you're talking about. To, to help focus your mind on the concept. But once you have the concept, once, you, once you're thinking conceptually, then the idea becomes kind of distracting and, and takes away from it. So let's, take a, let's go back to that science class. Um, you know, at the beginning, you, you need to show a, a kind of picture of a sheet being distorted by a ball on top of it, and everything else will flow in the same line and so on. That's the great way to introduce the idea. But but once you start studying it, it it's equations. It's 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 just equations that define where something is at any time in the presence of other bodies. And everything else is 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 irrelevant. If anything, it it kind of uh, is annoying. There was somebody who gave a lecture in yeshiva. They have we have once a month usually Morabu. It's like a scientist from the community gives a lecture for people around. And it works about 45 minutes a lecture on a certain topic. And then a, a, a Rav, Rebbe, gives a, a Torahic perspective. So one fellow, he works on black holes and so on. So he, he spoke about space-time and so on. At the end, one of the guys raises his hand and says, Jeremy, if, it, if, if space-time doesn't exist, how could it bend? How could something that doesn't exist bend? And he left and he said, you're right, you know, but... but that's the best way to describe it. There's no, there's no other way to describe the phenomena. It's, it's you know, so I'll go upon him. Um, you need a muscle to get you to the point where you can focus your tfisa and asaga to get hold of it. But then you need to drop the muscle and to stick just with that. Um, All, when we look at a thing, 
we only see its attributes, its color, its size, its, its, its texture, but not its essence. We can't um, have anything, any havan, any peace in this through chushim. In other words, because Meshavainu was master, that's why he was to the high dagger they perceive. In as much as he removed himself off the Dashmistic Tfisa, he was able to understand more. Okay, I'm going to um, excuse myself for, for the next two weeks. I'm being at the Stroll, so there will not be a share. Um Bez Hashem when I get back. Bez Hashem, we should resume Bez Hashem. Okay. The Hasidic Shekid probably didn't, and the Yeshiva didn't know the Rabbeinu Bachai to go Bahadraga, it sounded like. Maybe the Yeshiva Hashem had an attic with, with Pesach Tish. I don't know, you know. <laughs> the Rebbe had one, so <laughs> maybe Hashem had one. I don't, you know. <laughs> That's a good point, good point. I, I remember... Um, uh, there was a, a Chassidish Shabbat Brisk, and he was a, he was smart, but he didn't have he didn't have a feel for the language. So he 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 asked the kasha to Rebel. This is going back to Rebel yet when he was Roshivin Brisk. He said, "So imagine if he takes the pot and spills the blood, and then the and then and spritz the blit, and and he cringes at Rebel. Says there's no teple, there's a kli, and there's a meisus rika." The, 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 this is not a, sla, a pot with blood sloshing around. It's a clee with a nice speaker. I'll go find him. Okay, ah, good to go. Call to.